Welcome back to the Pun Return. It's been a big off-season. It's been a while since we recorded this. I think our last episode was our Super Bowl preview. We didn't end up coming back after the Super Bowl uh, at the end of last season. And so it's been a while between drinks. Uh, as always, Ryan Lepore, welcome to the show, mate. Thank you, mate. Great to be here for 2023, well, the 2023 season. And I think if uh, your Eagles did get over the line in that absolutely amazing Super Bowl, um, we might have done a, a bit of a wrap, but I think the, <laughs> the tears were flowing for quite a while. But no, honestly, what a what a finish to last season. Two The two best teams pretty much all season, really, of the AFC and NFC. And um, for them to get back to the Super Bowl, and we saw a high-scoring thriller, I mean... It was a bit of an anticlimax with, you know, the, the Chiefs winding down the clock and um, just booting through the field goal. But goodness, it would have been a grandstand finish if that penalty wasn't called, wasn't it? But I, I won't I won't harp on it too much, mate, but uh, the holding penalty, of course. <laughs> but what a Super Bowl and what a season it was in 2022. And I can't wait to get stuck in for week one, which is unbelievably crept up on us. I can't believe we were already through the preseason. We're only, what, four days out um, or, yeah, four sleeps away from the NFL kicking off on Friday Morning, our time here in, in, in Australia with, um, of course, what's become tradition, the, the Super Bowl winning team hosting the first game of the season. So the Chiefs will do it um, up against the Detroit Lions. So, yeah, a little little mini blockbuster to start the season. And, um, yeah, just can't wait to, to dissect it all. Mate, it's been it's been a massive off-season. I think, you know, we're going into a new season with no Tom Brady. Obviously, mm-hmm. Aaron Rodgers at a new franchise – uh, so much has happened, so we, we might just get get straight stuck into it. And I think, you know, in, in previous years we've done a full kind of preseason preview. We've done a, a week one preview. Uh, we've done some preseason picks and, and a bunch of that sort of stuff. But I thought we might this year just try and combine a bunch of those into into one or two, touching on on each team's uh, week one matchup. Obviously, we know how tough it is to bet and and to pick week one. Uh, there's a lot of unknowns, especially with, with player movement, retirements, changes each franchise, new coaches, new coordinators, all that type of stuff. So we might leave uh, kind of weekly previews for for next week and, and the week after, and we'll, we'll get stuck into those. But um, why don't we just go through some some key talking points for each of the each of the franchises to, to kick off? And we'll start with Chicago Bears, who finished uh, last season with the worst record in the league, three and fourteen. They had a minus one hundred and thirty seven points differential. They finished the season with ten consecutive losses. They finished dead last for points conceded. They were last in sacks and second last in stopping the run. They traded the number one pick, Ryan, um, and they're expecting. Justin Fields to uh, to be the the face of of their franchise moving forward. Yeah, well, it was a complete rebuilding season, wasn't it? We saw obviously some vets be traded mid season um, from the, from their defense last year. Um, we know that they've kind of got that belief in Justin Fields by obviously trading the number one pick. They could have easily taken a quarterback at number one, but you know they've they've stuck fat with Justin Fields, who showed some amazing signs last year with his legs in particular, but. From all reports, he's he's throwing arms coming along, and and you know he's got some weapons there now, and um, no doubt the big acquisition that you mentioned here is DJ Moore, who obviously came across from Carolina as part of that um, package that uh, the Panthers traded up to get the number one pick, and the and the Bears remained in the top ten. Of course, they picked um, number nine in the draft, but uh, I think that answered all the questions that we had going into the draft was. Do the Bears believe in Justin Fields? Is he their franchise quarterback? And that was a resounding yes by trading the number one pick. But uh, it, it seems unfair that the Bears only won three games last year. I thought they were competitive. Um, you know, they didn't play in a great division. Let's 
let's be honest. But um, you know, they they had a more improved season than they I feel from the from the naked eye looking, you know, they they took a lot of steps forward as as well as obviously it was a rebuilding season. But three wins was disappointing for them to get that. But um obviously if you're not making the playoffs in the NFL, you may as well be tanking. So they did a good job of that with 10 losses in a row, as you mentioned, to, to finish the season. But, you know, the NFC North's a wide-open division now. It's it's finally free of Aaron Rodgers, as we've as you touched on off the top. We've got no real clear standout. I mean, the Minnesota Vikings and the Detroit Lions look to be the two teams at the moment. But we know we don't – Jordan Love's a complete unknown. We don't know what the Packers are going to mm. do. And then, of course, there's the Bears who, you know, have rebuilt that, um, that defense with a lot of um, – um, a lot of younger guys or through the draft, but they've also um, got in some free agents, um, which I'll let you run through. But, yeah, I think it's all about, obviously, Justin Fields and, and Matt Urbifloss, the coach, obviously, into his second season now. He's actually on the second line of betting for Coach of the Year. So people are expecting some improvement out of the Bears, and I'm certainly one of them. I don't think they'll make the playoffs, but uh, hopefully Justin Fields has lift off and uh, for my fantasy teams because I've, I've gone all in on the Fields train. So, um We'll see what happens in Chicago, but of course they um, will get a good guide week one. They host the their longtime rivals, the Green Bay Packers, the oldest rivalry in football. Will kick off their season at Soldier Field. I think you're right. I think there is a lot of expectation from from within Chicago that that Justin Fields is going to take that next step. We saw what he could do with his legs last season, as, as you mentioned. But they have invested. In, in guys around him. Obviously, they brought in DJ Moore, like you said. Um, obviously, they brought in Chase Claypool last season, and I think that that he's going to get another chance to, to take a step forward. Uh, Dunnell Mooney, I think they're expecting to be a bit of a dark horse in, in that in this offense that he's kind of always going to be involved, whether he's, he's as a deep threat or kind of in the slot. Um, and they're kind of going to use his big body in a number of different ways. And I think they're expecting a, a, a big, big season from their offense. I think the question mark around Chicago is a little bit like last season like how much better can they get on defense we've seen them over the last decade been a really good defensive unit but last season they were awful um as we've touched on and and they have invested in the defense they brought in Tremaine Edmonds from Buffalo TJ Edwards from Philadelphia and and Yannick Ngokwe and and so they have kind of they've noticed they've they've identified that's a, a massive a massive issue from uh the end of last season as we said kind of going through 10 consecutive losses to finish the season, um, they they couldn't really get any worse. And I think with a bunch of other teams potentially regressing further from, from the end of last season, we should be expecting a step forward from Chicago. And just a, a little stat that uh, that I saw uh, at the end of last season, just after that, uh, that DJ Moore trade, uh, someone tweeted that DJ Moore's 364 receptions over the last five seasons would make him third on the Chicago Bears all-time receptions leaderboard, trailing only Walter Payton and Matt Forte, his 5,202 receiving yards would be the most in franchise history. Now, I think he's, he's what, 26, 27? Um, he's still got a, a bunch of time left in, in his career and is obviously a, a super talented young guy. And I think he's going to make a big difference to, um, to Justin Fields taking that next step with, with his passing game. Yeah, I, I, it's it's quite phenomenal that franchise, one of the oldest, or if not the oldest in the whole entire league, haven't had a, a wide receiver in its in its history essentially. And and you know the quarterback um, position hasn't been a great um, a great kind of um, position for the Chicago Bears in their history either. But um, as you mentioned, they're kind of built now to have to take that step forward from three wins. I don't think they'll be they'll be recording something similar to that. Their line is set at seven and a half this year. I don't think they'll reach that. To be honest, I think. That's probably 
um, generous if they did get to eight wins and cover that. I, I still think that's actually quite good value. Now I look at it, under seven and a half wins at $2 seems um, quite valuable. Um, if they double their win total and go to six, they're, they still fall well under that, obviously. So that might be a play there. We will go into that a bit later on when we, when we talk about our preseason predictions. But I think there obviously will be a step forward from Chicago, but it's still a, a watch and see this season and, and you know, in a very new NFL, uh, NFL, NFC North. So we'll, we'll wait and see what happens. <clears throat> Absolutely. Really exciting time for, for Bears fans. And I think they've got a lot to look forward to uh, with Justin Fields leading that that offense properly, the face of that franchise, uh, and a bunch of investments both on offense and defense. And, and then, like you said, Ryan, the, the, the big question there is, can their coach actually coach? And I guess we'll, I guess we'll find out, you know, what that looks like over the first month of the season. But we, uh, we move ahead to the Houston Texans, uh, who finished with the second worst record at three thirteen and one, a minus one hundred thirty one points differential. They were equal second last for points scored. Their offense was woeful. Fourth last for points conceded. Their defense was awful. And uh, they've invested in, in a new head coach, D'Amico Ryan's, who obviously. Uh, did some amazing things in that San Francisco 49ers defense. Uh, obviously, Houston loved D'Amico Ryans. They drafted him. Uh, they've brought him in as, as their new head coach. But uh, what have you got for us for uh, Texans fans? Yeah, Texans, it was such a bizarre finish to their season, wasn't it, winning on on that final week to essentially lose <laughs> that number one pick. Um, but And we all thought, why would they do that? They're, they're obviously in the, in the market for a quarterback, but they've got their man... CJ Stroud. They've also picked up Will Anderson on defense, so I think they they had a great um, draft, the the Houston Texans. But um, a fourth coach, fourth head coach in four years, um, and five if you include the interim, of course, that took over from Bill O'Brien. So it's been a lot of disruption and change in that franchise, and you know they play in the weakest division of football, which is is to their betterment here. I mean, um, I think the Titans have regressed. I certainly think the the Colts have regressed again. So. Outside of the Jags, uh, it, you know, a playoff spot could be wide open. I mean, I don't expect the Texans to jump it to that level and, and, and be knocking on the door of a playoff berth. Um, I still think it's a very slow rebuild, but they've got the right guy in that's going to obviously bring a winning pedigree, uh, a great defensive pedigree in Domenico Ryans, and, of course, their, um, their quarterback of the future, CJ Stroud from Ohio State, who, um, you know, We'll, we'll look solid enough in the preseason, but um, we'll wait and see. It's obviously a different beast once you get out there in the regular season. And then um, some free agent signings, some some veterans in Dalton Schultz, uh, Dalton Schultz, Robert Woods, Shaq Mason as well on defense. So um, a few little moves in the offseason, but as, as I mentioned, um, yeah, some, some big names in the draft in terms of CJ Stroud and, and Will Anderson Jr., who's the favorite to be the defensive player of the year. So um, we'll see what happens. I mean... They haven't got their pick for this year, which is concerning, though, Nick. It, it's it's really concerning, and and obviously that they're they're expecting that they are going to take a big step forward under D'Amico Ryan's. Like you said, they've as part of that trade to get uh, Will Anderson Jr. in, they traded their uh, next season's first round pick, the twenty twenty four first round pick, um, which if they don't take that next step forward, could be you know potentially the first overall pick which which would be a, a a disaster you know i think they'd be hoping that they could you know potentially get to get to that kind of 7 8 win mark which is mm. a, it's a stretch like let's be honest they they've brought some decent players in i think cj stroud is the right guy for them i think will anderson's going to be a very good player uh, Dalton Schultz is is obviously a very good tight end already. Robert Woods is coming to the end of his career he's, he's been injury prone over the last 3 or 4 years 
Um, Shaq Mason's going to be interesting to see what he can do in a poor defense. So there's there's some question marks around what the Houston Texans are expecting out of this season. But if they don't take a big step forward, that could ultimately end in in disaster for uh, for Houston. That's going to be a, a really big watch over the course of the season to kind of see where they're projected to, to pick in, in next year's draft. Yeah, for sure. And and another free agent we didn't mention was Devin Singletary, who's going to help their run game. True. He's going to be the running back one uh, in Houston after obviously a couple of seasons in, in Buffalo. But yeah, I just and John Mechie's a good watch too, who who was obviously had those um, injury and health concerns. Um, so he's he's on the one of the guys that's you know vying for a comeback player of the year, which we'll get into a bit later. The worst um, the worst title in football, the comeback player of the year. But um, yeah, John Mechie, who has is very talented, and I, I'm looking forward to seeing him on the on the field and finally being able to show what he can do. So um, CJ Stroud, it's your team. He's won he's won the position from Davis Mills, who I think is a decent enough quarterback uh, in the league. So he's a, he's a decent enough backup. That is, of course, if if it goes pear shaped for Stroud, but yeah, I can't see them taking a, a huge jump, but like we said, uh, the positives are that they play in a very, very weak division in the AFC South, and um, they certainly should be aiming for at least five to six wins uh, this year. But you know, we know if, if if anywhere they if they get anywhere between five and six wins, you're still going to be picking very high in the draft. So um, you know, they obviously believe highly in the in the two that they they drafted in the first round this year. So. We'll see on. We'll see if that was a good choice to to trade around, trade that twenty twenty four first rounder. But uh, yeah, improvement surely from the Texans after some bleak years in Houston. One of the more intriguing watches of the season is the Houston Texans. We move on to the Arizona Cardinals, who start their season at Washington. Uh, they finished last season with seven consecutive losses. They finished four and thirteen, a minus hundred and nine points differential. Uh, second last for points conceded. And, I mean, there really has been a reconstruction of, of this franchise. The head coach is out, the GM's out. Uh, the faces of that franchise essentially uh, are out um, in J.J. Watt, DeAndre Hopkins, Kyler Murray's coming back from the ACL. They brought in Jonathan Gannon as the new head coach. Uh, thankfully for, for Philadelphia fans, Gannon's out of Philly. Um, and there's some interesting noises coming out of uh, – Arizona with kind of his press conferences and his his training talks and locker room rev ups and all that sort of stuff, but it's gonna be it's gonna be a tough watch for uh, for Cardinals fan this season, I reckon, Ryan. Yeah, I mean it's 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 not too much to to kind of talk about with Arizona. They're, they're like you said, I think you hit the nail on the head. It's a complete rebuild year. Obviously, not going to have Kyler Murray there to for at least the the first. Maybe five six weeks of the season potentially. We've we've got Colt McCoy getting getting axed as well. So they've they've dro- they've traded in another vet in Josh Downs from from Cleveland. He'll be their QB one come Sunday. Uh, it's it's very interesting at the moment. Arizona they play in the NFC West, uh, which traditionally has been a very very strong division. It probably won't be as strong this year, but regardless, I think they're up against it, and I think they are going to be in the top three teams vying for the number one pick next year in terms of like they'll be picking in the top three. I think they're going to have one of the worst records in the NFL. I think they've got the lowest win total in, in, in terms of the mm-hmm. line. I think it's about set at about four and a half, which I think is the lowest. And yeah, it's hard to see them, you know, covering that, to be honest. I think it's going to be a long season for Arizona. And um, as you mentioned, it's a bit of a wait and see and, and see what happens with a, with a big, big change in that franchise, especially at the, um, at the, um, 
head coach and, and GM level. So obviously in the back room where, you know, decisions are made and, and big things start to happen. So, yeah, it's going to be a long year for um, Arizona. And, um, you know, it wasn't too long ago. They were 10 and zip, 11 and zip or something. Um, mm. You know, it, um, not just not the season gone, obviously the season before 2021 season, they were flying and they looked like a, a Super Bowl caliber team. So it's, it's been a big, big, um, big uh, change in Arizona and a huge um, regression last season. Obviously, after that, you know they, they they bombed quickly in this in the playoffs the year before, but that their regular season record was outstanding. And now to um, to have only notched four wins last year, and yeah, hard to see them kind of even replicating that this year. So um, not too much more to add, but it's going to be a, a long season for Cardinals fans. Yeah, absolutely. It is it is going to be a long season? You talk about that that year where they kind of started, whatever it was, ten and zip, ten and one. Um, and it's amazing the way that that franchise has just disintegrated ever since. Obviously, mm. this last off season they've lost Zach Allen and Byron Murphy as well. Buddha Baker, I think, is holding out. I think he, I think he did turn up to, to training camp eventually, but whether he plays or not, I think is still a question mark. Uh, they brought in some talent. Uh, in, in Paris Johnson Jr. on the offensive line from Ohio State in the draft. Uh, but they could have, you know, we talked about Houston before, they could have the first two selections at the next draft, their own their own pick and Houston's pick. And, and obviously, you mentioned it. it's, gonna, it's looking like it's going to be a long season for the Cardinals, and it, it's been a long history for the Cardinals. I think they're the, uh, the longest title drought in uh, all of major North American professional sports. They haven't won a championship since 1947. It could be a couple more years before they're back in that conversation. Uh, tough year for the Cards, and I feel sorry for, uh, for Arizona fans uh, who, who might be looking forward to this, this season, but uh, just get ready for a, a little bit more pain, but hopefully you'll get some more talent in over the next couple of years. Uh, Another franchise that that has had a little bit of pain over the last couple of years is the Indianapolis Colts. They start their season against uh, Jacksonville. They finished 4-12-1 with a minus 138 points differential, seven consecutive losses to finish the season, second last for points scored, third last for points conceded. It was an awful, awful year for the Indianapolis Colts, Ryan. Yeah, and, and another car- like another revolving door at quarterback for the Colts who – you know, they've had three veterans the last three seasons in, in Rivers, Wentz and Ryan, and they've steadily got worse every year, I think. And, uh, you know, Rivers <laughs> led them to a playoff spot. Wentz was an absolute mess, and then Matt Ryan was even worse. So um, disastrous for Indianapolis over the last couple of weeks, a uh, couple of seasons, I should say. Frank Reich is out, obviously, as well. But they had, you know, their number one or their best player and their number one running back and potentially the, the best running back in the league going into last year was Jonathan Taylor, who who – who knows what's going to happen with his contract? If he's going to continue to hold out, if he's going to suit up for week one. But Anthony Richardson, obviously the quarterback from Florida, was um, their man. He they've taken him at number three. He's only played a handful of games um, at college level, so yeah, it's it's going to be very um, very interesting. Watch the Indianapolis Colts, similar to obviously the Houston Texans. They play in that AFC South. Um, they've Kept the uh, Philly influence though, mate, with Stephen um, Steichen coming in. And um, I'm sure you'll chat more about him and love to hear your thoughts and if you think um, that's going to be a good fit. But, um, yeah, who's starting week one? Is it is it Gardner Minshew or is it going to be the rookie in Anthony Richardson? Have they announced that yet? I, th- I don't believe they've announced it. I, I think it'll be Gardner Minshew. I, I don't think Anthony Richardson is ready. I think they're expecting that he'll kind of – Stake a claim, mm. you know, six, seven, eight weeks into the season, but but probably start with the experienced head and and hopefully 
get off to an all right start. Obviously, there is some talent still there on that on that roster. Michael Pittman Jr. had a down year. I think everyone mm. was expecting him to kind of take that next step in his development and, and really kind of take the league by storm. DeForest Buckner is still still mm. a very, very good player as well. Um, Jonathan Taylor's the intriguing one. I think if if they can convince him to come back, obviously he's starting the season on the on the pup list with that that ankle issue and, and obviously the contract drama uh, is going to be hanging over over their heads. You know, all, all season really, but you know, I think there is some belief within the franchise that uh, that they can get something done and and they can maybe repair that relationship. I know Chris Ballard's been talking recently about you know the, the amount of respect and love he's still got for Jonathan Taylor, and um, you know they hope that they can they can bring him back and get something done. And um, you know, it's it's, it's going to be a really interesting watch. I, I think Shane Steichen's a, a good coach. You know, I think he's done he's done wonders with the Philly offense. Um, Anthony Richardson, I think, is kind of the the guy that they they're going to look to mold around that new, you know, new era of quarterback. Whether it's Lamar Jackson or Jalen Hurts or um, uh, you know any any of those kind of running running first quarterbacks um, that that look to use their athleticism and, and kind of spread the field. Uh, obviously, there's question marks about what he's going to be able to do uh, at the NFL level, but. You know, all the talk out of Indy is that they identified Anthony Richardson as their guy a month out from the draft, and and they yeah you know, they they focused in on him, and they weren't taking anyone else, and they kind of feel like he's got the biggest upside in the entire draft, and and if he's going to realize that upside, they want him to do it in Indianapolis and and not anywhere else, and I think that they're going to give him some time. Uh, obviously, you know Frank Reich was there; they kind of replaced him with Jeff Saturday, kind of out of the blue, um, halfway through or, or kind of with a, a third of last season to go. Um, which was just a, a surprise. It was just a really Indianapolis thing to do <laughs> after the last couple of years. But um, yeah, another another really interesting in interesting watch. They gave Matt Gay the largest free agency contract for a kicker in NFL history, which is an interesting thing. Uh, just a little tidbit that's strange. Um, you know, they've, they've let some some vet talent go in uh, Stefan Gilmore. Um, but yeah, another another really interesting year for for Indy, and I think. A little bit like Arizona, it could be a, a tough watch for for Colts fans, but um, we just got to wait and see. I think what happens with a Anthony Richardson and, and how they kind of play out at, at QB and whether he can he can be a difference maker in season one, or if they're going to give him some time to, to develop, and then B with with Jonathan Taylor and, and whether they can get him back in the fold and and mm. work him back in the team. But uh, yeah, interesting watch for for Colts fans. We'll see if we can get uh, Josh Y back on the show at some <laughs> point throughout the year, and and uh, he can give us some insight from a from a, a fan perspective. Uh, moving on to the LA Rams, who start their season at Seattle, five and twelve. Their uh, their season record. It was a record drop from a uh, Super Bowl championship team the year before. The worst record that a Super Bowl champion has finished the, the following season, but. You know, there's a there's still a bunch of talent. Like obviously, you know, finished finished last season really poorly. But any franchise that's got Cooper Cup and Aaron Donald on, on either side of the ball is going to be dangerous at at any point in time. Uh, they've moved on uh, with their backup QB. They drafted Stetson Bennett, who's obviously a a world beater at the college level. Twenty six year old uh, Georgia won two championships, but it is very much a, a stars and scrubs type. Uh, squad at LA this season. Um, they've let a lot of talent, a lot of vet talent go. Leonard Floyd, Bobby Wagner's gone back to Seattle, Jalen Ramsey, uh, big contract at Miami, uh, and a host of other defensive players gone. Um, 
it is going to look like they're going to have a, another, or not another, but they're going to have their first first round pick in in the next draft. Uh, first first round pick since 2016 when they took Jared Goff, uh, which just seems like a lifetime ago. But uh, you expect anything anything interesting out of the Rams? It's an interesting one because, like you said, it was such a fall from grace last season. They were just so poor. I mean, Matthew Stafford didn't look like the same guy that we saw in his Super Bowl season. Uh, he's obviously a bit injury-prone now as he's getting on, so obviously the, the backup there with, with Denson Bennett getting drafted, um, who essentially will come in as a vet kind of thing, obviously, <laughs> even from the college game. But he, he spent that many that many seasons there and obviously now a two-time national champion. So um, a nice guy to have in the locker room to kind of to help kind of build that team um, chemistry up and, and obviously get to back to that winning feeling. But as you said, some some huge names that have left, especially on the defensive end. And Cooper Cup, how, how is he going to come back from injury? Hopefully good. But, um, you know, a healthy Cooper Cup would be great to have back in the league. Obviously, the Triple Crown winner from um, two seasons ago when they did win the Super Bowl. So, like you said, there's, there's a guy still called Aaron Donald on that defensive side of the ball. So you can't take him too lightly. But... I think they're going to be up against it in that division. Obviously, there's um, the standout being the, the Niners and, of course, Seattle, who were uh, a, a Super Bowl, a playoff team from a season ago as well. So I think the Rams will be up against it. I think they should improve on a 5-12 and 12 record. I, I see them kind of winning seven to eight games this season, this season, especially if they, they remain healthy. Um, they're obviously going to be always hard to beat at home in so far. But, yeah, we'll get a good read of them in, in week one against Seattle, see where they're at. See what um, you know, Sean McVeigh's kind of come up with. See what um, you know. He's obviously a very astute mind when it comes to to the NFL. Can't wait to see what he does because he's got such an amazing record in this league. Obviously, a down season for them, but uh, I think they'll bounce back the blue and gold. But uh, whether or not that's enough to get them into the playoffs again, I don't think so. But yeah. the NFC is a very weak conference, and um, it's certainly you know it's, it's a very one sided. Um, you know, a lot of seems to be all the star powers in the AFC and um, the NFC is kind of just left with the, the dribs and drabs. Obviously, there's still a couple of very elite teams in the NFC, but I think the Rams could be one of those middle road teams that could surprise and potentially push for a wildcard spot, but I just don't see them kind of getting back into playoff contention just yet. There's a, a really big range, I think, for the Rams. They could have yeah. a top five pick or they could be a wildcard team, like you said, and you know, it's just it's just intriguing to see you know getting Matt Stafford back healthy, getting Cooper Cup back for Matt Stafford, Aaron Donald on, on the defensive end. Like, you know, there's 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 still enough difference makers that they can they could upset some teams and, and potentially try and sneak into one of those wild card spots. It's gonna be interesting. They've brought in Michael Fleur uh, as their new offensive coordinator. Obviously, spent some time following Kyle Shanahan around the league. Uh, spent the last year or so in, in New York with uh, Robert Salo. And I think what what they were able to do in in New York uh, with with that offense, obviously Brees Hall before he got injured, uh, Garrett Wilson with, with really you know, average at best, if not below average quarterback play, um, shows that that maybe there is some maybe there is some some green green grass coming for for that offense in in LA. But uh, I guess we'll have to see another really intriguing watch. This season is the Denver Broncos. Mm. Uh, they finished five and twelve record, minus seventy two points differential, dead last for points scored. And I don't, I don't think anybody saw that coming with the talent that they had on offense. Obviously, Russell Wilson coming in, 
uh, Jerry Judy, Cortland Sutton, um, you know, a bunch of talent there on on that offensive end. And and we knew how good they could be on on defense, but that was just such, such a disappointing season for the Broncos. And they've done about as big a U-turn as you could do in, in the NFL uh, by moving on from Nathaniel Hackett and bringing in one of the biggest hitters in NFL, in, in Sean Payton. They traded a first and second round pick to the Saints because he was still under contract there, even though he wasn't coaching. Uh, and it's going to be intriguing to see what he can do with with Russell Wilson, Ryan. Yeah, it's it's incredible. I was just reading um, a stat earlier today. So Sean Payton's teams, he's got the highest um, average in his 15 seasons of coaching, 27.6 points per game. And that's that's music to the Denver Broncos fans' um, ears because they averaged a league-worst uh, 16.9 last year, so below 17 points per game with essentially what looked like on paper a star, a star-stacked offense. But it just, there was obviously just no chemistry going. There was obviously a bad fit with Nathaniel Hackett and Russell Wilson. And one thing we do know is that Russell Wilson has slimmed down quite a lot. He's he's looking a lot more lean. He's looking not healthier. I wouldn't say because he didn't look over. I don't want to say he looked overweight last year, but when you compare the side by side, you go, "Wow, he actually has looked." in better shape this season and, and potentially has had a really great off-season. I don't know if I can see them improving enough to to push for a playoff berth. I know you're a bit more keen on them than I in, in terms of pushing up for that wild-card spot, but they do have the talent there. Obviously, their defense is still really um, strong. They've got some amazing um, um, young talent on that roster on both sides of the ball. And, uh, yeah, looking forward to seeing what happens in Denver because it's, it's going to be a big change from what we saw last year, I think, and, and hopefully they're exciting to watch once again because they were absolutely god-awful to watch most of the time last season. And, uh, yeah, just don't know in that division still, obviously, they've got the two very strong teams in the Kansas City Chiefs and, you know, a team that we'll get to in terms of the Chargers who were, you know, for mine, very underwhelming last year, but they still have mm. a stack full of talent on that roster. So, look... I don't think I don't have the Broncos in my wild card conversation at this stage. Uh, I know you're a little bit more bullish, as I mentioned, but I just think they need to stay healthy, and then they might be a chance. Obviously, Javante Williams will be coming back from a an ACL on in um, from running back perspective. Well, Randy Gregory needs to stay healthy in terms of their for their mm-hmm. defense. I mean, um, he was barely a factor last year, and we know the talent he's got. So, yeah, very interesting watch um, on the Denver Broncos. I think they're one of the more interesting teams to kind of follow in 2023. I just don't know. I think, yeah, like the ceiling is there for them to make a wild card berth and even potentially win the division. Is it, 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 They could be that good. Who knows, like, what's going to happen. But similar to what you said with the Rams, they could be – they could end up in the, in the doldrums. So – in the doldrums, I should say. So, yeah, we'll, we'll, we'll watch with interest. But um, – they're not a wild card team for mine just yet. I need to see them do it. Yeah, I've, I've, I've got them up there just because I think their floor, their floor is higher than it was last season. Just, just by bringing in Sean Payton. Yeah. Um. Obviously, they've 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 made all the right moves. They've brought in a, a better backup QB. They've brought in Jarrett Stidham on a, on a two year, ten million dollar contract. So they've invested there at QB, just in case Russell Wilson that regression is is real. Mm. Um. But they, they've brought in. You know, so they've made some other changes. They brought in Zach Allen on the defensive line, Mike McGlinchey at tackle, Ben Powers at guard, Frank Clark is coming to, to Denver. Um, obviously, you know, like you said, some, some of that talent already. Patrick Sertan, Justin Simmons, Cortland Sutton's coming back from injury as well, and and he could be anything. 
Um, Vance Joseph, funnily enough, your former head coach of the Broncos is back as their defensive mm. coordinator. And, and defensively, I think they played their best football under Vance Joseph. So yeah, I think their their defense um, with Joseph, with Sean Payton is, is top five. I think Sean Payton has the ability to, to get Russell Wilson, maybe not back to that kind of MVP caliber QB, but but definitely a top 15, top 10 even QB in the league. And, and if that happens, then the sky's the limit. And yeah, I think their floor is organically raised just with the changes that they've, they've done already. But if things all go to plan, then I think their ceiling is incredibly high. And, and like you said, they do have the ability to win the division if, if everything goes right. I'm, I'm not sure that's what's going to happen, but I do have them firmly in the wildcard discussion. Um, and just one of the more intriguing off-seasons, I think, for any any franchise in the league. Um, speaking of intriguing off-seasons, the Las Vegas Raiders who start their season at Denver. Uh, 2022 record, 6-11, three consecutive losses to finish the season, fifth last for points conceded, last for interceptions. They are the first team in NFL history, I believe, to blow five halftime leads of seven or more points. There are some big issues in Las Vegas. They've obviously lost their franchise QB in Derek Carr. They brought in Jimmy Garoppolo, who I'm not sure that we've seen can be a reliable QB1. Obviously, Looks good doing it, but uh, whether he can be that guy in in Las Vegas, um, Derek Carr, I think. Yeah, I don't know if he hates the franchise now, but he would have loved screwing the Raiders over with that no trade clause. Um, he kind of went to see the Saints, the, the the Raiders. I think were expecting that they were going to be able to trade him, and he said no. Uh, they had to cut him, and then obviously goes and signed the the biggest contract of the off season. $150 million at New Orleans. Uh, so they got him for nothing, ultimately. They've lost Darren Waller. Uh, the word is that Devonta Adams is not happy uh, without Derek Carr, and, and that's going to be really interesting to watch. Uh, Josh Jacobs had a, a great season last year. Uh, whether or not he can he can keep that up for, for another season is going to be, um, you know, really interesting to watch. But um, second toughest schedule in the NFL via sharp football analysis. And, and I think that... The big question is, you know, Josh McDaniels has been around the league for a while, but can he actually do something with this franchise? Can he actually coach? Uh, Ryan, do you have an answer for us? I, I just don't know if he's going to be able to show, show us if he can this year. I mean, I suppose he has some 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 talent there. I mean, Mac Crosby's an absolute elite elite pass rusher, but he he had to do it all himself last year. There was, mm. um, I think he accounted for almost 50% of their whole team stacks. And like you said, the, the issue is just no interceptions, no takeaways. They're not turning the ball over, getting the, getting the offense in short fields. And that's what you need to win, to do to win football games in the NFL is you need to give your offense a bit more of a chance and, you know, starting them at the back behind the 20 every time. And with, a, with Jimmy Garoppolo, um, obviously not a huge, you know, Huge arm and, and not a kind of more of a um, yeah you know what I mean he's not an explosive quarterback so and I mean as well as Josh Jacobs was last year as good as Josh Jacobs was last year how can he can he repeat that he obviously had the holdout um, he only just kind of reported for for practice and um, yeah and there's obviously a little bit of unrest there like you said with Devontae Adams and and obviously Darren Waller's left another guy that you know a huge locker room guy and. They've got a guy in by the name of Jacoby Myers, who's no world beater, of course, as a wide receiver, but he's he's more than solid. But um, don't know if it's enough for the Raiders. They're going to struggle, I think, this year. And uh, mm. um, yeah, it could be a long season for Las Vegas, who um, yeah, just find ways to kind of 
to, to lose football games. And, and like you mentioned, they, they blew way too many leads last year and, and that's off the back of their defence. Um, and just, as I mentioned, just not getting interceptions, not getting takeaways, not putting enough pressure on the um, on the opposition. So, yeah, I think they finished last in this division this year, the Raiders, and I think it's a lot, it's going to be a struggle. Um, five or six wins will be again their ceiling, I think, for, for this season. Another another franchise who I think it's going to be a, a tough season for in a really weak, tight division is the Tennessee Titans, who start their season at New Orleans. Finished last year 7-10, and 10, seven consecutive losses, fifth last for points scored, and they keep going over the last couple of years nearly, nearly, but they never quite get there, and they've tended to, to take a step back kind of the last few years. Obviously, um, King Henry, Ryan Tannehill have been the, the leaders of that offense. Um, they're going back to the well for, for one more crack. They brought in DeAndre Hopkins to see if he can spark that offense again. Uh, Derek Henry turned 30 this season, has led the league in carries three of the last four seasons. So whether or not he's got that in his legs again, we know that a, a Mike Rabel defense is always going to be good. He's an excellent defensive coach. He's an excellent coach in general, but whether or not they've got enough left in the tank, I think it's a big question. Um, any other talking points or, or questions for the Titans? Uh, I think you've nailed it there. I think the Titans, again, will be around the mark in this, in this AFC South. I don't think they can quite challenge the Jags this year. It looks like the Jags division to lose. Um, but the Titans have obviously been the, the the premier team in that in that division for the last few years. And, you know, they've probably outperformed their talent, I suppose. And, you know, they've made a AFC championship game a few years ago. They've they've made, you know, countless playoff runs. So they've had a good run. And like you said, it's, it seems to be like one more crack this year with, with the um, the old veterans. Um there's some obviously some talent in the young scheme. I mean, Traylon Burks looks like a, a star wide receiver, and and their um their tight end who I won't try and pronounce his name because I never get it right, but <laughs> he looks like an awesome tight end pass catcher at least. And uh, you know Tannehill will have, enjoy having DeAndre Hopkins, who's a genuine number one wide receiver. So it's going to be good that the Titans finally have that. They've never really had that in the time that Henry and Tannehill have linked up. So. Yeah, whether or not if Derek Henry can stay healthy for the whole season and you know explode for almost two thousand rushing yards, there's no reason why the Titans couldn't win that division. But uh, it they could be up against it, and like you said, the the defense should keep them in a lot of games, and and they'll win their fair share. I think again, a, a five hundred season will be about where the Titans will finish up, and you know whether or not they can sneak into a a playoff spot with that remains to be seen. But it obviously is a very strong conference, not just just their division, obviously, but uh, mm. the AFC is extremely tough this season, so they might be up against it. But, um, yeah, I can see them improving a little bit on that 7-10 and 10 record from last year, maybe eight or nine wins this year. So, uh, yeah, don't see them quite challenging the Jags, but, you know, if, if everything went right, maybe. They definitely need to score some more points. I mean, like I said, we know that defensively they're, they're pretty solid, but um, whether or not they can take that step offensively is, is going to be the big question for them with uh, with Ryan Tannehill under centre. Speaking of scoring points, if there was any franchise that needed to do something at the QB position, it's the New York Jets. Now, they've had subpar QB play for years. Uh, they've got stud rookies come in, Garrett Wilson, Brees Hall, uh, over the last couple of years on defense, Sauce Gardner, Quinn and Williams. They've got so much young talent and 
their one holding point, I think everyone agrees, has been QB over the last couple of years. Zach Wilson certainly wasn't it. Um, and they've gone about as big as you could go without talking Tom Brady out of retirement uh, again. Uh, they've gone Aaron Rodgers, former MVP. Um, can Aaron Rodgers, can A-Rod take them to the promised land in the Big Apple, Ryan? God, they'll be getting excited now, the Jets fans. Uh, this is as bullish as you'd ever be, want to be in a, as a Jets fan in the last 30, 40, 50 years, probably, probably since Joe Namath was, was slinging their football for him. <laughs> I mean, he. this is one of the greatest quarterbacks that ever played the game. Yes, he's disenchant, disenfranchised a lot of us with his quirkiness and he's very left kind of antics, but, you know, he's still a very, very good footballer and he's obviously the best quarterback the Jets have had since the men I just mentioned. And I think um, with that loaded defense and some pretty exciting weapons on the offensive side now, obviously there's there's a guy named Brees Hall and Garrett Wilson who were unbelievable in their rookie seasons last year. I think, you know, it, it sucks that Brees Hall got, went down when he did, but I think they would have made a real run at a, at a playoff spot last year. And I think they have to be a playoff team this year. That's the very minimum that they can aim for. They should obviously be hunting a, that division title. Um, they showed that they could match it with the best. They beat the Bills last year. Um, whether or not they can sustain that all season, but uh, obviously a, a guy Aaron, like Aaron Rodgers at the helm very, very much helps. We, we know Rodgers didn't look like the Aaron Rodgers of old last year. There was a bit going on in Green Bay, but yeah, I, I worry he's... I don't think he's kind of declined like we saw what Russell Wilson did last year, but I think he's, uh, you know, a change of environment might be good. It, it might work the other way. So we really, we really don't know. I think I'm not tipping the Jets yet to beat the the Bills in the AFC East, but goodness me, they're, they're stacked and ready to go. And I think they could, they, could, um, they could make a deep run if they stay healthy and, you know, can put it all together. So... Uh, look out for the Jets. They're going to be a great team to watch this year and, and looking forward to that week one clash. That's going to be a monstrous, one of the best of um, week one in terms of when they go and host the Bills. I think it's on Monday Night Football, actually. I think it might be the final game of the um, of week one. So what a way to finish um, week one. So, yeah, can't wait to watch that and, and see where the Jets are at. But it, it would be good for football for the Jets to be good. They've been an absolute basket case for for two decades. So it'd be great to see them kind of competing Um up the top at levels of the NFL once again. Well, they do. They, you talk about their their week one matchup against Buffalo, and they do have a brutal schedule to start the season. Uh, Buffalo in week one, got Dallas, New England, Kansas City, the Denver Broncos, Philadelphia, and then the bye. Uh, and then it starts to get a little bit Look easier for, uh, Look at for, for the Jets. Uh, they might have a good week in the bye, I reckon. But they, they have brought in some uh, some experience, obviously, to help with with that young talent uh, and Aaron Rodgers and, and take some of that pressure off. They brought in Dalvin Cook to, mm. to help Brees Hall in the running game. Uh, obviously, they've gone kind of Green Bay light with, uh, with bringing back or, or bringing in Nathaniel Hackett, who was the uh, offensive coordinator and, and one of Aaron Rodgers' favorite offensive coordinators in Green Bay. They brought in Alan Lazard, Randall Cobb. It's kind of Green Bay light here in this uh, – in this New York Jets offense. Yeah, it's a great point. I think, obviously, Aaron's tried to make himself feel as comfortable as he can. Obviously, only ever played it in Green Bay at Lambeau before. So um, he's obviously brought over two of his favorite receivers in terms of Lazard and, and Randall Cobb, who's been around. He's been his number one sidekick for a very long time. And then, of course, his um, OC, Nathaniel Hackett, who couldn't get it done in Denver, but you know potentially working with Aaron again, um, might see the 
then both bring out the best in one another. So, as mentioned, I think I think they're an exciting watch this year, the Jets, and they should be vying for a playoff spot. They're definitely a, a wild card team of mine this year, but you know, preseason predictions and and you know, big expectations are not something the Jets have had in recent times. So you never know kind of how that a franchise like that is going to going to take them. And we'll get to the Lions later, but they're in a similar boat. So. Um, mm. Yeah, be a very interesting watch. But um, another team that I think should be pushing for a wildcard team is next up. For sure. I think they're expecting big things in, in New Orleans. The Saints start their season uh, hosting the Tennessee Titans. They finished last season 7-10 and 10 with a minus 15 points differential, which I think would have been upsetting for Dennis Allen and uh, and the Saints based on what we've become accustomed to from, from that New Orleans defense. And I think one of the questions is, can that defense be – Top ten again. Um, you know they've, they've certainly got plenty of talent there, but um, on the offensive side as well, obviously Alvin Kamara and Michael Thomas returning this season. Kamara suspended for the first three games. Uh, they've brought in Jamal Williams at, at running back, uh, tight end Foster Moreau, who's one of those comeback players. I think be you know assuming he has a good year, be in the conversation for that uh, comeback player of of the year after that um, the cancer. Uh, recovery that that he's been going through. Um, Chris Olave looks a, a, a real, real talent, and um, yeah, Derek Carr I think is is an upgrade on every QB in New Orleans since Drew Brees retired. You know, they, they've had some interesting uh, results at, at quarterback over the last couple of years, but um, Derek Carr I think is is potentially um, a, an underrated kind of top ten, top twelve QB in the league that that I think could you know bring the Saints back to to relevancy. Yeah, I think it's a it's a really great landing spot for Derek Carr, and I think he'll fit in uh, very well down in the Big Easy. And I think um, the 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 Saints, as as much as I don't want to get excited by them because they were pretty awful last year, but the NFC South is very very ordinary this year on paper, and I think they look the standout team. And as much as I don't want to kind of conform to picking the favorite, I think the Saints have to be the favorites for the NFC mm-hmm. South this season. Obviously, they've got a very young. A um, couple of opponents in terms of um, rookie quarterbacks or a sophomore quarterback in Atlanta's case at Desmond Ritter. They've got a rookie quarterback in Carolina and Bryce Young. And then, of course, there's a big changing of the guard in Tampa Bay. There's no longer TB12. So the division is wide open. I think just from the defensive side, the Saints look the most balanced and, and best team on defense in that division. And I think that'll carry them a long way, the Saints, this year. And I think um, a couple of guys that you mentioned, especially Chris Olave, who was... Unreal in his rookie season last year. There's a guy called Juan, John- uh, Juan Johnson who looks like a really great tight end to watch. Rashid Shahid as well, couple, another rookie wide receiver from last year, kind of showed some some promise. So I, I think there's some good talent on the offensive side. And, and like I mentioned, I think they're clearly, clearly the best defense in that division. So I think uh, they'll be the team winning that very um, wide-open NFC South, but um, they look to be the ones uh, to win. So they should be making the playoffs uh, this season. Yeah, agree. And and, and good point mentioning uh, Shahid. I think he, he looked electric at times mm. last season in the second half, being able to spread the field and, and go deep. And yeah, I think they're, they're going to be an exciting team, I think, New Orleans, and, and a really interesting watch. And, and I think they're – 
you know, for for those neutral fans who are looking for games to watch each week, they're ones that I'd be penciling in as as a good option of, of games to watch every week because I think you're going to see some some really interesting things out of Dennis Allen and the Saints. Another he's another a boring coach. That's my only concern. He's a bit of a boring coach, Dennis Allen. Obviously, he's a very defensive man. I don't know. I, I mean, I think. I think he had to be. I think he had to be last season with a bunch of struggles and and personnel available last season. Um, I think we. I think we might see some more. I think we might see some tricks out of that offense uh, this season. I think they've got some talent back, uh, and yeah, I think Derek Carr organically is just a a better QB than anyone they've had for for a number of years. I mean, uh, Andy Dalton last year. Famous um, James. Uh, Famous James, yeah, thirty and thirty. Um, look, I, I just think I just think organically they're a, they're a better team than they showed us last year, and I think that they've gotten better this year. And I think expectations are high. Yeah, they don't like losing in New Orleans. They're they're a proud franchise, and I think they're going to get back to winning more than losing this season. I think you're right. I think they win that division, and um, given the state of their opponents, I think that they'll win it fairly easily. Mm. Another interesting watch this season as it is every season just for the pure comedy of it is the <laughs> Cleveland Browns uh, finished last season seven and 10. And I just don't know. I don't know where to start with, uh, with the Cleveland Browns. They've got as much talent on that squad as almost anyone. Yeah. Assuming Deshaun Watson can get back to Deshaun Watson levels. Yeah. Nick Chubb, I've got winning the rushing title this season. Amari Cooper, Miles Garrett, uh, they've brought in some some really kind of good players in free agency with uh, Dalvin Tomlinson, uh, Juan Thornhill, uh, Zadarius Smith, and Elijah Moore. Yeah, they've traded huge. for. Obviously, they've lost they've lost Jadavis Clowney and, and Kareem Hunt, but yeah, I think that just means that they're gonna they're gonna lean on on Nick Chubb and uh, Jim Schwartz comes in as as their defensive coordinator. Obviously, he was the Eagles uh, DC in that 2017 Super Bowl run. <laughs> There's so much talent on on this franchise, and I think that they could finally be putting the right pieces, the right building blocks there to um, to potentially finally take that next step, Ryan. Yeah, it's just a shame for the Browns fans that they do still play in a division with a guy called Joe Burrow and, and Lamar Jackson, and I mm-hmm. think they're the that's going to be the key, isn't it? And and the big if and and that you mentioned is is can Daniel well Deshaun Watson get back to his elite levels? If he can get back to the Deshaun Watson we saw. In his final season at Texan uh, at Houston, by all means, they're a playoff team and potentially an even a division winner. They have they are stacked, as you mentioned, and Zedaria Smith's a massive inclusion, I think, for that defense just to give Miles Garrett a bit of a chop out. Um, Delvin Tomlinson as well, like you mentioned, they've got another great safety in Juan Thornhill. So I think they they look like they're ready to go. They've got a great. Um, some great talent on the offensive side. The Nick Chubb you mentioned is clearly clearly the RB one now that Kareem Hunt's gone and, and you know has been throughout his career. But uh, an absolute star, Nick Chubb, and then of course Elijah Moore brings some more depth to the, the wide receiver room with you know Amari Cooper, of course, and Donovan People Jones, who I expect to have a big big year as well, and take another leap forward this season. And uh, I, I think the Browns are, are a sneaky team that could could um, upset a few teams and. You know, as I mentioned, the AFC North is quite strong, and that's that's going to be the issue. We've still got the Steelers again, of course, who don't ever lose a do don't ever have losing seasons. So, I mean, for the Browns, it's it's going to be it's going to be tough again, of course, in in that division. But there is there is talented as as anyone, as you mentioned, and um, I think the big um, talking point and, and big question mark is, of course, Deshaun Watson, who looked 
far from his best when he returned last year. But uh, let's see what happens with another with a full off season and, and some time to gel in that uh, locker room. Yeah, I mean, clearly, clearly some rust. Uh, last season when, when he came back, he'd been away from football for a while, obviously, um, and now had a, a full preseason. Mm. Uh, he's obviously kind of ingrained himself into the into the franchise. Um, yeah, look, I, I mean, the only thing that that kind of uh, restrains me from being incredibly bullish on on the Browns is that they are the Browns, and they are, you know, They're easily the type of franchise that that could be seven and two, eight and three. And then just completely blow it up down the stretch, um, and you never know. You never know. But just a, a, a little stat that I found on, on Nick Chubb, and I think, you know, like I said, I think they are going to lean heavily on Nick Chubb. Obviously, that they, they let Kareem Hunt leave this off season. Um, Nick Chubb is is quite clearly instead of one A and one B, he's quite clearly RB one in Cleveland. Um, every running back since nineteen forty six to average more than five point one yards per carry for their career. Hall of Famer, Marion Motley, 5.7 yards per carry. Jamal Charles, who in my eyes is a Hall of Famer. He's not officially just yet, but I think he will be. 5.4 yards per carry. Jim Brown, all-time great, 5.2 yards per carry. And Nick Chubb, 5.2 yards per carry. He's an incredible player, and I've got him winning the rushing title, being the undisputed RB1 in in Cleveland, and and I think he's going to have a massive massive year um and, and will help that offense i think he'll keep keep the ball on the field for you know the defense to, to be able to come come on the field and, and and make an impact really quickly um so i'm expecting a big year out of out of nick chubb and uh really intriguing watch in, in cleveland the carolina panthers another intriguing watch seven and ten last season brought in bryce young brought in frank reich as the new head coach uh who i thought was hard done by in Indy, uh, but obviously couldn't get it done when they needed him to. Um, I'm, a, I'm a real big fan of Frank Reich. How about you? Yeah, I think they're going to – like. it's it's it shocks me to go back when you reading this run sheet and going, oh, Caroline actually won seven games last year. Like, I'm not sure how mm. they did that. I mean, they had about five different <laughs> quarterbacks all in in one – in the space of five weeks last year. Like, Baker Mayfield was there, if you remember that. Like, it's – yeah. Yeah. It's crazy the Carolina turn like the turnover at quarterback last year in Carolina, but they still managed to win seven games. Obviously, they traded out Christian McCaffrey. They've um, now lost DJ Moore. I mean, it's been a lot of change in Carolina, and they've, they've got a guy called Miles Sanders as well, who obviously is coming from a great culture in Philly and, and that winning winning um, winning season last year. And of course, like you said, Frank Reich, who we know, I think. Is a very good coach, and you know, and like you said, I think he was probably a bit harshly treated in Indianapolis. There was a few things out of his control; things didn't quite go his way. But we know he's a great coach, and it's a very wide open division, as we we touched on the NFC South. So it wouldn't shock me if the, if any of those teams won won the division. But I just don't see it happening yet. It's obviously still a development season for for the number one pick in Bryce Young. Um, Carolina obviously traded up to get him. They were keen to um, secure their quarterback for the future. They did that by trading with the Browns, uh, with the Bears, I should say. And, you know, yes, they had to give up quite a lot. They've, they've lost their, their 20, 24 first rounder. So the one in this upcoming draft, they had to give a uh, pick nine, which of course um, went to the Bears. And then of course, DJ Moore, their, their number one wide receiver. So interesting time in Carolina. Um, as it is for the for the for the um, for the whole division, but um, yeah, not too sure what to make of Carolina yet at this stage. 
Well, their week one opponents are the Atlanta Falcons. Mm. So we'll, we'll look at the Falcons again, seven and 10 uh, for the season. Very similar record to, to the Panthers in terms of uh, points scored, points conceded, etc. Falcons finished with two wins. Um, and, and like you've mentioned, it is a, a wide open division. Yeah, well, they were they were really pushing hard late last year to, to win that division and, and potentially sneak into a playoff berth. I mean, we know that the Tampa Bay snuck over the line in the end, but like as we've seen, seven, three teams in the NFC South last year would finish with a seven and ten record. So it could have gone anyway. Um, Atlanta, though, I think surprised many, including myself. I thought they would win no more than four games last year. They ended up winning seven. And, I just think they surprised many with their competitiveness. They were they were quite solid on defense. They stayed in games for a long time. They lost a few really close ones too. So they could have easily had a winning season. And I think Arthur Smith has shown enough that to show that he's going to be a good coach in this league for a little while. Um, obviously, there was a lot of controversy with him and Marcus Mariota last year. And but we've you know good riddance to to Marcus Mariota. I can't wait to actually watch that Netflix doco <laughs> um, quarterback and see how that all played out in Atlanta. Mm. But uh, we know Desmond Ritter, who um, from the Cincinnati product, is going to take over uh, at quarterback. But um, you know he was steady, and he, he obviously won him won him a couple of games at the end of last year, as you mentioned. And we know how good that backfield looks now. I mean, Tyler Algier was was a great little running back last year in his rookie season. Um, we know they still have Cordaro Patterson, who's pretty much the Swiss Army knife, which might have to go back to punt returning only because they've got a guy called Bajan Robinson, who's from all reports, going to be an absolute stud. And, you know, anyone that plays NFL fantasy will, will know all about his exploits in college. And, yeah, can't wait to watch him play. I think that's a really good one-two punch in the backfield there with Atlanta. Um, they've got a guy called Kyle Pitts who obviously is mega talented. Um, we know he hasn't kind of set the world on fire yet in um, in this league. But, uh, you know, with all that talent and if they can kind of work up the chemistry with a – a young core there on on the offensive side, the sky's the limit for Atlanta. I mean, I, I, I kind of see them as a bit of a smoky to win the division. I don't have the balls to pick them over New Orleans just because I think the Saints have um, a superior defense. But, you know, the, the Falcons do have some pretty um, talented blokes on that, off, of, on that defensive side as well. And I think, like I said, they're a sneaky to win the division. I think it's the only way they get in to a playoff spot. Um, I don't think there'll be two NFC South teams making the playoffs, but um, mm. one of them have to, and uh, why not be the Atlanta Falcons? Yeah, I, I think you're right there. I think they are; they're kind of the the obvious opponents for for the Saints. If things go horribly wrong in New Orleans, then then I think Atlanta are kind of be waiting there behind for, for things to fall apart. The the big one for me is Kyle Pitts. Mm. You, you mentioned how talented he is. We haven't really seen him kind of take that next step at at the pro level, but if he can if he can build that relationship with uh, with Desmond Ritter, then the sky's the limit for that offense with Bashan Robinson, um, who I think is kind of the next Derrick Henry. Mm. If you if you watch any of those highlights of him just uh, you know running over people in college, like the dude's just an absolute beast. Um, good chance to to lead the the rushing touchdowns uh, count for for the season, not just for rookies, but for, for everybody. For the league, I think he's just going to beast. He's going to be a beast. Kind of those short yardage at the goal line. Um, they're just going to they're just going to feed him. Um, and you know, really interesting, really exciting times for for Atlanta, especially on offense. But um, yeah, I think they do need to get better on defense. But like you said, Arthur Smith has, has shown that he is a good coach, and I think there's there's some uh, some things to look forward to for Falcon fans. Uh, 
potentially a franchise that there maybe isn't as much to look forward to is the Tampa Bay Buccaneers. We know that they won a Super Bowl not that long ago. Uh, big regression last season, finished 8-9, and nine, which I think uh, nobody would have seen coming in Tampa Bay. Uh, finished last for rushing yards. Uh, but obviously, this is going to be a transition season. Tom Brady's gone. Enter Baker Mayfield. Uh, Leonard Fournette is gone. Uh, Rashad White looks like he's going to take that uh, first first chance spot to, to be the starting running back. Uh, some of the other vets on that offense are, are gone. Cameron Brait, who's been a staple there. Julio Jones from the offense. Uh, Akeem Hicks and Carl Nassib from the defense. Like This really is a transition a transition season for, for Tampa Bay, Ryan. Yeah, and obviously Baker Mayfield has won that spot to be, or won that position to be the number one quarterback over Kyle Trask at the moment, but it's his third team in the last 12 months and, yeah, massive shoes to fill, obviously. I mean, they were they were pretty awful last year. They were a very hard team to watch last year. We just we were waiting for them to kick into gear and they barely mm. made it out of the division, which would have been one of the all-time Greatest upsets in a. I don't know what price they would have been paying to win the NFC South last year, but it would have been extremely <laughs> short. And they just snuck over the line and and got into the playoffs with a losing record of eight and nine, as you mentioned. And yeah, I think the weakness, the clear weakness on that Tampa Bay uh, offense or on that whole franchise at the moment is that run game. And you know, Rashad White is going to have to carry a big load this year. They've got a couple of rookies that's going to back him up, but. So Lennon Fournette has been let go. Um, there's still some um, there's some other vets let go in the offense, as you mentioned, Cameron Brait, Julio Jones. Is, yeah, it's a big transition year, as, as, you, as you've touched on. I don't know what else to add. Russell Gage is out for the season, which which hurts them enormously. I mean, they've still got two pretty handy wide receivers in Mike Evans and Chris Godwin, but Russell Gage is a nice third wide out that, you know, they're going to have to find now with him um, being injured and out for the season. So, again... Wide open division. Who knows what's going to happen? But I just don't see a Baker Mayfield team, um, or a Baker May- Mayfield led team, kind of making the playoffs this season. So I, I think I've got Tampa um, fighting out for that final, you know, or third and fourth with Carolina at this stage in that division. So um, yeah, maybe about six, five to six wins is probably the, the benchmark for, for Tampa Bay this season. A dollar thirty. They were to win the division mm. last year, and uh, I think if you're on that, like a lot of people were, you would have been pretty nervous. You would have thought that was uh, coming into those one of the greatest. Oh, it was a given, yeah. But uh, it was it was a watch. given. <laughs> but yeah, it was it was a super hard wash, super hard wash. And I think the question is, which Baker Mayfield are they going to get? Are they going to get the the Baker Mayfield that literally walked into LA and, and led the Rams to a to a, uh, an unexpected yes. victory, or are they going to get the Baker Mayfield that leads the league in in interceptions um you know it, it's it's going to be really interesting well, and i'm not expecting uh, i'm not expecting a lot from uh, from the bucks no. this it's his final chance as well like uh, as much as um you know he's a number one overall pick your fourth team um uh, your third as a starter this is this is it for baker so he, he needs to perform he, he'll know that as well so a lot of pressure on him especially and he'll probably carry that burden um, more than most, but uh, yeah, not expecting too much out of the Bucks this season, as you mentioned. Another franchise, as as we kind of head into the halfway mark of of the table from last season, New England and the Pats, uh, another eight and nine team. They finished in the positive for points differential, which I think would have surprised a lot mm. of people. 
coming into last season, but it is an incredibly tough division as we know. But what are you seeing out of New, New England at the moment? I think they're obviously built around that defense and, and Bill Belichick has a really strong defense. It was, a, it was a talking point we kind of raised last year and we thought, oh, this has to be one of the worst Bill Belichick Bill Belichick coach defenses we've seen, especially on paper, but they they've proved us wrong very well. Um, mm-hmm. They proved us wrong last year. They were awesome, and um, I don't know where they ended up ranking in in terms of their defense, but it was definitely in the top ten, and and it's something that carried them to those eight wins, as you mentioned. We saw quite a number of shutouts. They they beat up on the the bad teams really well, and and they competed against the good teams. Um, so. The obvious, the obvious um, issues for them is their explosiveness on offense. They haven't got, um, you know, a star-studded um, offensive um, offensive line. They've got um, Damien Harris has left as well. They've, they've now banking on Ramon Stevenson to be their number one running back. They've obviously added Ezekiel Elliott to the mix as well to hopefully, you know, chew up some chew up some clock, be a run-first team, keep the defense in the game, and and you know keep. Um, keep the scores close and, and stay on the field and and then let the defense do what they do but I think they're up against it in the AFC East who for mine is the, is the strongest division in football this season um, uh, more so than the West um, as well and, and the NFC East I would say but I think the AFC um, East this division in particular now is definitely the strongest uh, division in football and I think the Patriots will be up against it and again be rounding out the uh, the rear of the table but um yeah, eight wins is probably their ceiling, and I think they obviously overachieved last year in, in a sense. And uh, Mac Jones has, has got the faith from Bill Belichick and the coaching staff to, to be the QB one after we saw him benched last season. But he's won that spot out, and he's clearly going to go into the season as QB one. But uh, um, yeah, that points differential kind of shows you how good they were against the bad teams, and and I think that probably will will kind of reflect again this season. I think um, yeah, seven to eight wins will be. As much as they get, but um, they won't be a playoff team in twenty twenty three. No, I agree with all that, and and yeah, hundred percent reiterate how much we got them wrong mm. on the defensive end last season. You know, I think, like you said, we had them as as the worst uh, Bill Belichick defense since he's been there, and and like you said, they they proved us horribly wrong, uh, which you know wouldn't be the first time that we've been wrong, and I'm sure it won't be the last. Um, but as we kind of head into the final franchise with a, a negative record last season, the Green Bay Packers, who start their season at Chicago, like you've touched on earlier, they finished 8-9 last season. One point in the negative, uh, and it is Jordan Love time, Ryan. Jordan Love time. It's, it's, it's going to be a, a very different feeling in Green Bay with, obviously, no Aaron Rodgers, who we know was there for such a long time, and before him there was Brett Favre, so... We know there's a long-standing quarterbacks in in Green Bay, but Jordan Love, it's finally his time. We saw him. We saw them. He's been sitting there waiting in the wings. He was drafted. He obviously was um, got under the skin of Aaron Rodgers by when they did draft him. But it's time for him to take over, and he's got a very, very inexperienced wide receiver corp to throw to. I mean, he's still got a very handy one-two punch in the backfield with AJ Dillon and Aaron Jones. But goodness me, a rookie from last season and Christian Watson is essentially their number one. Running uh, one number one wide receiver as long as another rookie Romeo Dobbs. This team is just like the baby baby Packers. It's it's a it's a super young team. They've obviously lost a lot of star talent on defense and a lot more of um, veteran talent, I should say. They've drafted well though. I think um, you know Luke Musgrave, the the tight end as well from 
Oregon State, you've got Jaden Reed and a couple others. Um, I think it's um, Wicks as well, another wide receiver that they drafted. They've got some. They've got some ball players coming in and um, some skilled players coming in, I should say. And I think um, that'll hold them in good stead in a in a weakish NFC North. But they're a complete surprise packet and a complete unknown for me this season. I, I'm going to be watching with bated breath to see how Jordan Love goes. But um, yeah, I, I think I'll be more inclined to lean towards the Bears in Week One, for instance, um, over the Packers, just because I think I know a bit more what I'm going to get from the Bears, but. You know, the Packers obviously a super well-coached team with Matt LaFleur at the helm and a very successful franchise. But, um, yeah, we'll see what happens without Aaron Rodgers there finally. And maybe that's a good thing, finally cut loose the distraction that was Aaron Rodgers um, from that franchise. Well, their, their win line for the year, which probably makes sense, is seven and a half. And, and I think that they've got it spot on because I honestly cannot cannot play that because you just don't know what to expect. I think... We all kind of look back and, and remember when Aaron Rodgers took over from uh, from Brett Favre and kind of imagine they kind of went from a Hall of Famer to another Hall of Famer straight away. But there was some teething issues in that first first season. I think they went six and ten in that first year that their Aaron Rodgers took over the starting gig. Uh, and I wouldn't be surprised if something like that happened again. Obviously, they are a very very young uh, a very very young franchise at the moment, and, and obviously. They invested heavily at the time in, into Jordan Love. I think what was he a, a mid second round pick, late second round pick, or something. They they used a, a second or, or third round pick on on Jordan Love, and like you said, kind of did irk Aaron Rodgers at the time. But um, obviously, he's he's kind of had a couple of seasons now to kind of sit behind a Rod and and see how the see how the game is played. And there aren't too many uh, QBs in NFL history that that he would have been better served sitting behind. Uh, so it's going to be really interesting. Um, it was a disappointing, underwhelming season from the Packers' defense. I think, you know, you and I were pretty bullish in, in the Packers' D heading into last season, and they were really, really disappointing. Um, expect a lot more. There is there is a lot of talent there, um, and they need to they need to rebound defensively. And I think that the question now is, can Matt Lafleur coach without Aaron Rodgers? And yeah, I think we'll I think we'll find out pretty quickly the answer to that. I, I think that he can. That the question is going to be whether they can take those steps quickly. Or if it's going to take kind of a, another season of of development into some of those some of those guys, we know that AJ Dillon uh, can play. We know that Christian Watson and Romeo Dubs can play, but you know, can they be the leaders of that franchise uh, so quickly? That, that's the question. Uh, and I'm certainly not going to be playing that seven and a half uh, win line for, for Green Bay. Just there are so many so many question marks around the Packers. Yeah, absolutely. I think um, if anything. You'd be probably taking the unders, but again, you don't know. There's, there's too many unknowns mm. there, so it's a good stay at the um, the Green Bay this year. But um, very interested to see the change in in um, for the Cheeseheads this year. Well, that is the halfway mark for uh, last season's record teams. Uh, we have finished the negative records. Uh, we're going to head into the positive record teams and, and the top half of of the table from last season. Uh, in the second part of this kind of season preview episode. So keep your eyes tuned. That'll be out uh, shortly. But uh, Ryan, thanks as always for, for joining us on this first season preview and uh, we'll talk to you soon. Thanks for joining us and we'll see you for part two very shortly. <laughs>